Oh, sorry for what you're about to have to listen to. <laughs> this is gonna be this is gonna be horrible. It's gonna be amazing. Well, <laughs> amazing is a word you can use. This is Van Color. My name is Mo Amir, and today on This is Van Color, I'm joined by a local comedian whose high school grad class voted him most likely to be a comedian, which also happens to be the title of his comedy album that topped iTunes charts and continues to make the rounds on Sirius XM Radio. His former podcast, Real Good Show, was nominated for a Canadian Comedy Award and amassed over 300,000 downloads. His current podcast, Blocked Party, featuring some of Vancouver's best and funniest comics, regularly hits the iTunes podcast charts and has been featured on AV Club. You've seen him on Just for Laughs. You've heard him on The Debaters. He's toured with the likes of This Is Van Color alumni David Vertesi and Hey Ocean. He's been to the BC Men's Curling Provincials, winning five medals. He's a high school teacher, too, a true renaissance man. He is John Cullen. John, how are you? Oh, wow. Thank you. Before I even say how I am, can I say what a lovely intro that was? That was so good. My, my pleasure. I Most like... people are very bad at it, I have to say. <laughs> so you did. that was really good. You know what it is? I'm excited to have you on. Well, and for nice. someone who might not be familiar with you, yeah. I don't know if that person exists. But if, Oh, they are. If, if yeah, that yeah. person does exist. I am not famous. I want them to be excited, Oh, well, that's too. really nice. Thank yeah. you. No, it was great because what happens a lot of times is I'll do, like doing comedy, you know, you do like corporate gigs and stuff like that. Sure. And so I'll send them a bio. Like I can tell you probably got some of that from my website. Yeah. And so I will send them a bio that's similar to the one on my website. And sometimes like I, I'm doing a comedy show, but for whatever reason, they read all the credits that aren't comedy related. Oh, interesting. So they'll be like, but I think they just don't know. Like they just don't know any better. It's just like a business, like it's like a Christmas party or something. Yeah. So they'll just be like, okay, uh, so your comedian is here and uh, he's a curler and a teacher and a drummer. And uh, I think Hopefully he has funny. A, yeah, I think he has a podcast, uh, John Cullen. I'm like- yeah, don't worry about all the credits that are actually related to this. Sure. Thing. Just say, say like my day job and like the sport I play. That's that'll get people in the crowd fired up. Like, where the hell did you find? But this But they guy? are interesting credits. Like, obviously, I did talk about your your, you know, your resume in terms of being a comedian. Sure. But the other credits are pretty interesting. Thank you. You're not try- just a comic. Oh uh, well, I try. Yeah, I, I try to do a lot of different things. It's nice to it's nice to have my hands in a bunch of different pies. You yeah, know? I like pie. It tastes good. <laughs> So, so uh, a few weeks ago, I saw you perform for the first time at Presentation House in North Vancouver. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. That was a really fun show. It was really cool. Yeah. And uh, I remember right away after I saw your set, I was like, I need this guy on the podcast. Oh, that's really Because nice. I want to do an episode where we just rip on teenagers. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's my favorite <laughs> I've covered a lot time. of serious subjects yeah. on this show, and I'm just, I just want to rip on teenagers. Well, I know it was cool when you asked me to do the show, because I had heard of it. I'd like seen it around on Twitter and stuff, and like cool. you said, some of my comedian friends have done it, so I've mm-hmm. seen them kind of plugging it. And then I, when you sent me the email, I was like looking at the guests you've had. It's yeah. like all these like really cool, <laughs> either like really cool people or like politicians, like like important people. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, really? I'm somehow getting on here like episode 30, whatever this is. I'm like, that's impressive. I feel nice about that. Like to me, Vancouver, like I'm 
like I should be 200. Like you should be running out of guests <laughs> before you're like, hey, let's get this guy No, I, and I don't think of it that way. It's it's all on mood. It's who do I want to talk to. Okay, cool. And uh, I we kind of threw this together in the last couple days. This was not yeah. very well planned. But I was just like, you know what? I want to have this guy on the show. I want to have a fun show. Yeah. Uh, you were following Sven Robinson. Oh. We talked about progressive politics, yeah. which was very interesting. Yeah, but not fun. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> no one's like, oh, man, Sven Robinson, what a fun dude. I'm sure he's a good guy. <laughs> I don't nice know why guy. I'm saying that. I'm just like shitting on Sven Robinson. It's just, uh, it's tough to have a conversation where you are shitting on people as I do with teenagers right now. Sure. Uh, when you're with a politician, because they yeah, don't want to no, offend anyone. Fair. Yeah. Right? Do you work with teenagers too? Uh, I've mentored uh, teenagers. Oh, okay. Um, and we can get into that. Sure. It's not so. You obviously have way more experience. But okay. like, can we just agree that they're the worst? Yeah. Yes and no. Because like, I think yes. First of all, here, here comes this politician are, answer. Well, apparently. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Let me uh, talk about all the different spectrums of what's going on. No, I. So what it is is there. I, I want to say yes because for sure, yeah, teenagers are you know they're teens. They're growing up. They're figuring things out. Yeah. And some of them have, you know, maybe not been raised well. <laughs> and so they're the worst. Yeah. Uh, but I think too, I think a lot of times, especially like being a younger teacher and also being a comedian, like people really like to talk to me about teaching. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's an interesting thing that a lot of people, yeah, they just go, teenagers are the worst. And I'm like, well, yeah, but also no, because I like, consistently get blown away by how amazing some of the kids I work sure. with are. So I yeah. mean, yes, that is a bit of a politician answer, but at the same time, you know, I became a teacher before I became a comedian. That was always my dream was to be a teacher. Yeah. And so, uh, and I've been doing it for 10 years and some of the kids I've been able to meet, I mean, just incredible and, and not even so much in the like black and white, like, oh, they're really good at sports or really good at the arts or whatever. Right. Just some like really amazing kids that like really care about their community and, and you know, the people around them, like in a way that I absolutely did not sure. you know? Like, yeah. I mean, I think I was a pretty good student as far as like schoolwork goes. I got, yeah. you know, mostly A's and I, you know, I end up becoming a teacher, but I was not involved in the community at all. And it like, mm -hmm. it blows me away that, you know, these 14, sometimes 13 year old kids and up to 18 care a lot about that. Like that really blows me away when kids sure. get so involved in the community and, and, and awesome. I would agree with that. Obviously, I was being slightly of course, facetious. Of course, of course. Um, it is interesting. I, th I think also just with technology and how much access to information they have. When you have a yeah. kid that's dialed in the right way and how much they know about climate change and like oh, yeah. <laughs> social causes and all this other stuff, totally. and they're really passionate about that stuff, yeah. it's pretty amazing. Absolutely. And I think, too, like, like you said, they're so tapped in uh, to that kind of stuff. And I think there's, you know... Um, it's just hard. It's hard to grow up, I think. And I think, um, you know, I see like a lot of, um, I think one of the main things I see that, that really blows me away a lot is, is, uh, trans students because okay. you know, that happens a lot more now. I think that students start to go through the transition in high school mm -hmm. as opposed to once they're older or whatever, you know, I think in the past, maybe when we were in high school, I mean, I certainly didn't go to high school with anybody that was transitioning yeah. or not that I knew mm -hmm. of anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think it was something that, you know, people would say, well, you got to wait till you're an adult to figure that out or mm -hmm. whatever, you know, and now kids are doing it in high school and I just can't even imagine that. I can't even imagine the, right. the, the bravery to do that and, uh, and to go through that. Like that's something too, that like blows me away and that kids are so connected and they're so smart about it. And the other kids are, usually incredibly respectful of that. Yeah, and that's cool. So all that kind of stuff, like, yeah, I think it's it's part of 
kids being like a part of this more global world i guess for mm-hmm. a lack of a better way of saying it but it's it is it is pretty crazy to see how that the the being plugged in thing makes a difference you know? sure i feel like there's kids can be more different things now you know like if that makes sense but, yeah yeah they they can and and there is probably a greater level of inclusivity that also just sure. comes with being you know part of a metropolis like vancouver of course right? of course i think that's part of it too <laughs> definitely i mean yeah i'm sure but i think kids are, are rural areas it's different not just tolerant but yeah inclusive of, for sure of everyone, I, th- right? I think it's just finding your pocket you know like i think when we went to school like i'm 33 i graduated in 2003 and so that's so we're not, the same age so okay so yeah. that's not that long ago yeah but i feel like when we were kids it was still pretty simplified. It was like you had kids who were jocks, you had kids who were band kids, you had kids who were drama kids. Like it was just, it was very cut and dried. It felt like mm-hmm. a lot of times. And now it feels like there's so many little pockets that I think the internet really opens up. Kids feel comfortable because even if they don't have it fully at school, they have that community at home. Maybe it's like a specific video game they love sure. or, uh, or they're really into like Dungeons and Dragons or, or whatever it happens to be, or like a very, or like, improv or whatever the case happens to be but i yeah. think there's more things kids kind of can find each other a little easier and they you can sort of become friends with people at, even in your own community i think a little easier because of you know kids go oh okay i that's cool to like that or it's cool to be into whatever that, mm-hmm. that thing is you know yeah yeah i want to talk about boys specifically okay sure <laughs> I've been I've been reading in the news a lot that there's a war on boys. Oh yeah, uh, sure. you're ground zero to this war because uh, I'm a boy. No, because you're a teacher. <laughs> oh okay, okay, <laughs> cool, cool, yeah, yeah. Do you think uh, teenage boys have it pretty hard now? Because I feel like when we were going to school, and I don't know about your experience, but I know for me, like I had it pretty easy. Sure. Yeah. And pretty easy. I mean, being a teenager is difficult. It's a weird, awkward time. But when I look back at it, uh, I was very lucky in a lot of ways. Right, sure. But now you're seeing uh, from one spectrum, one side of the spectrum in the media about this idea that there's like this this war on boys. But like, what do they mean by that? I think they say that like school doesn't accommodate uh, what would be natural boyish tendencies, which is... uh, you know, rambunctiousness hmm. or, um, I don't know, the way the boys develop as well. I mean, I think, uh, you know, being a straight white male is still pretty good, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, which sounds like a very straight white male thing to say, but I think that's true. I yeah. mean, you know, you can cut it, you can cut it any way you want but, to. But did you see that, uh, what was it? It's a GQ or that magazine cover about like, the life of the American oh, teenage boy. Yeah, or I don't know if I read that, but I think I saw something about yeah. that. I mean- I don't know. I don't. I don't feel it. I don't feel it particularly. Like I don't feel like I'm doing that. Like I don't think it's like a subconscious thing where I'm like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, boys can no longer be boys. That's you know? yeah, and that's that idea, right? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I do think kids are being forced to grow up faster than they ever did mm. before. I think that's true for sure. Because I think again, it's that it's the external pressure from the internet. Yeah. Like one example I always talk about is how I like I cannot believe how well kids dress now. Like it's un- really? it's unbelievable. Okay. Like when we went to high school, you know, I mean definitely there was it's very slovenly. Yeah, I'll there were, there were different yeah. styles, you know, but like even the best dressed kid in school still like 
we did we just didn't buy nice clothes. It wasn't a priority. Like yeah. everybody shopped at Zellers. All our clothes, <laughs> like even the cool kid, his clothes were looked like shit. You sure. know, and it was almost like you, if some kid did have fancy clothes, that was also a loser. Like you couldn't. Yeah, like, you're trying. You're trying too hard. You're trying too hard. So there wasn't really this like, you know, everybody just looked terrible in my opinion. And like obviously styles change you know of Mm -hmm. course like i'm not saying that they don't ever change but it's like it's just this weird thing where i think now kids that because they're just inundated with instagram models all the time and they're they're given this ideal of like what style is like style so much more in their face yeah you know than when we were kids when we were kids you didn't talk about that like it was just like i just wore what my mom bought no like it didn't matter and it was very sports oriented very right very yeah like boys wore t-shirts and jeans and like sweaters or hoodies yeah and girls wore like whatever you could get at american eagle or you know whatever and like that was if you had that sweet basketball jersey you're gonna rock totally totally it was like we like both boys and girls when i grew up shopped at like three stores it's like you (laughs) went to the mall there were like three stores that were kind of cool that your parents would let you buy stuff from yeah and that was it and now it's like i feel like kids are ordering stuff off the internet and they're trying to you know they're trying to put it together like they look so much better now i think than they used to as far as like clothing goes anyway so i think maybe like that is um I'm I'm trying to cycle it back to your like war on boys thing. Like I don't think I don't know. I don't specifically feel like boys are being marginalized. However, right. <laughs> I do think that you if you're a smart kid, you would be aware of the like of the idea that um certain sects of the population or whatever think it's really hard to be a male now because of me too. Right. Because of all this like, oh you can't you can't be a man. You can't say it you can't Say anything if you're a man, because. But I just think when you're a teenage boy, just a teenager, I should say, um, your perspective on the view on uh, your perspective on the entire world is so myopic. Oh, every little thing is the biggest thing. So if you're being fed this idea, or maybe you're aware of this idea that it's tougher to be a boy. Um, you're seeing this as like this great tragedy of the era that you're in. I don't know. Right. I don't actually know. I just know that uh, when I was growing up. The only uh, war that I was in was like the war against random boners, and that sure. was just like that's they a, would pop up and, and that's I'd a, be constantly. That's a war that it. we're always fighting. <laughs> I stu- yeah, that's that's one of the nice parts about getting older as a man <laughs> is that you don't have to you don't have to worry about that. You don't fight it anymore because <laughs> it doesn't happen. And if it does happen, then you're like, well, we better do something about this. Yeah. Well, you're yeah. happy. You're like, whoa, this is yeah, interesting. like something like you can't. When you're our age, you can't have an unplanned boner. Like, it doesn't just happen. You're not just, like, sitting in math class. You got to keep those in check. And you're like, oh, shit. Well, all right. Yeah. Like, that just doesn't, you know, that doesn't happen. You have to, like, actually think about it and be like, okay, I need to do this. I need to get one right now. It's a very uh, meditated boner. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's Every boner is premeditated when you're 33. And you're just hoping it works out. You're hoping that your planning works out. Yeah. You're like, yeah. oh, yeah, like I'm taking my girlfriend out for a nice dinner tonight. Like I really hope, I hope afterwards it works out for me. Yeah, you don't I want like... a boner for not. Exactly. And you don't want to not not have a boner. <laughs> so that's also that's also what I'm saying. Like if you know, like, ah, oh, I'm dropping a couple hundred bucks on dinner tonight. Yeah. Hopefully when, I, when it needs to go, then it's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Don't drink too much. Don't eat too much as well. Yeah. That can, lo- be, that can be a killer too. Lots of factors. <laughs> Whereas, yeah, when you're a kid, it's like, yeah, 
I, one, you're like one out of every 20 maybe you're even doing something with right all the other ones are just like well i hope this goes away soon because it's to, kind of embarrassing i don't it can't stand up you have to wait till it passes yeah exactly yeah i feel like um as a teacher uh and i hope this doesn't sound too weird but as a that's teacher, a super weird segue <laughs> yeah 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 like the segue sounded hella weird we were just talking about boners and then you're like as a teacher so that sounded weird. Well, you're just around hormones all the time, yeah. like raging hormones sure. co- coursing through these young bodies. And that's uh, gross. <laughs> don't say it like that, man. Don't. Yeah. No. I mean, don't say raging hormones coursing <laughs> through young bodies. Gotta, I'm trying to make you feel uncomfortable. Gotta, yeah, and it's working. There's got to be a better way to say that. No, I'm just kidding. Well, you see it firsthand. Sure. Um, you're chaperoning these school dances. I am. And uh, you're telling these monsters, you know, to make room for Jesus or Gaia <laughs> or whatever. I'm not telling them that. No. <laughs> but uh, that must make you feel more uncomfortable than our little exchange here. Yeah, yeah. It's very odd. It's it's a very weird thing. Like that's so I, I talk about teaching a lot in my act. And I think, you know, there's different ways because it's really funny to me because people will always say like, oh, so are you like Jerry D? You know, because that's like the thing. Is right. Because like, everybody knows Jerry D is a teacher comedian. Mm-hmm. So everybody's like, oh, so your comedy is like Jerry D. And I'm like, well, not really. Because like Jerry's, because I'm like, well, first of all, more than one person can be a teacher. Because sure. sometimes people <laughs> will be like, oh, are you copying Jerry D? I'm like, well, no. Yeah. I'm also a teacher. It's not like I was like, hmm, I need an angle for comedy. <laughs> Oh, Jerry D is pretty funny. I'll go through six years of school to become a teacher, and then uh, maybe I'll be a comedian. Maybe, like maybe you needed an angle for teaching. Yeah, exactly. That's what I needed <laughs> for sure. So, so that's exactly. So, so Jerry's comedy is his whole thing is like I was the worst teacher ever. Yeah. That's like Jerry's thing is like I sucked at it. It's good I'm not doing it anymore because I'm terrible. Yeah, my thing is like. Man, there's a lot of weird stuff you got to do when you're a teacher, when you're a high school teacher mm-hmm. that you don't think about. When you're in teacher's college, you do not think about any of the weird stuff. You think like, <laughs> I'm going to change the world. It's right. like you watch Freedom Writers once and you're like, hell yeah, that's me. I'm going to get in there, dangerous minds. Like that's in your mind. It's like in your mind, you're going to like inner city. It's like you're going to Harlem. You're going to teach these kids. It's like, yeah, I'm going to get in there. I'm going to change these kids' sure. lives. And then it's nothing like that. But but that's all you think about. That's You don't think about the weird stuff like supervising high school dances because that's a weird – I was on my practicum. I was 22 years old. Yeah. And there's – yeah, you're at a dance. Things are happening at a dance that happen. You yeah. know, kids are making out and dancing aggressively or whatever. <laughs> and you're just there. Yeah. And that's weird. That's an extremely weird place to be. It sounds pretty weird. It's to very be there. weird. Yeah. And, and you're supposed to be watching over these kids. Exactly. Right? So you gotta kinda It's not like you can just walk away. No. And <laughs> kids are very like they don't give a shit either. Like no. I the, the first dance I ever supervised was the spring dance. So if you know anything about high school, usually by the end of the year the dance has become less attended because kids are kind of burnt out you know maybe there's like four dances throughout the year kids have they gone to the first three they're like ah spring dance whatever who gives a shit you know the grade 12s are too cool you know the young kids are like oh so you end up so the first dance i ever did was a spring dance at at my practicum school so this would have been the third dance of the year this is the yeah Third, pardon me, or fourth if you're a grad okay because the grads get their own like winter formal sure yeah so 
yeah, so there's maybe 100 people there in this cafeteria. So you can imagine cafeteria, pretty big space. Yeah. So there's like 100 people and everybody is dancing like right in front of the DJ. Yeah. And I am standing at the back of the room with another teacher. Yeah. And for some reason, two kids who are very aggressively kissing are just like right in front of us. <laughs> like we're talking like it's like it's like 98 kids yeah and then you walk like 20 paces and then there's us and two kids just making out in front of us and you're like what which is so bad because it's a blur if it's a crowd yeah if it's yeah exactly it's like get in the crowd i don't want to see this like whatever you know it's like almost like they were doing it on purpose or something yeah like it was insane i was like what is going on so that was my first taste of like oh my gosh like this is real like you're gonna be around weird what did the other teacher have to say they talk you through it yeah, I was just kind of. We, I think we just kind of looked at each other, and we were both like, I think even for her, like she had been teaching for a couple of years at that point. I think she was maybe like five years in, and even for her, she was kind of like, "What is this? <laughs> it's like go somewhere else. Like, what are you? What is going on? They're showing very, off a little little exhibitionist. Very odd. Yeah. So you deal with a lot of that stuff. I had a really funny one the other day. This girl uh, had gone to the washroom, and she was gone for about. I don't know, 15 minutes or something like that. Yeah. So of course, like I'm going to ask about that. So she comes back in and, and it wasn't, it was a drama class. So the kids were kind of spread out throughout the room. If a, if a, if, a, if someone's gone to the bathroom for 15 minutes, you have to ask. I don't have to ask, okay. but I just, it's like, sorry, I didn't mean to say like you have to ask, okay. but it just seems like that's too long to be gone. Okay. So enough. it's just, just a like, and I don't, I'm never like, Hey, what was going on in there? Like, I'm not <laughs> weird about it. I'm just, I'll just be like, usually my go-to line is like, oh, so like, was the washroom in a different school or what oh, okay. was like, you you're know, just to kind of like, yeah, just yeah. to sort, cause I mean, realistically, unless you're actually incredibly sick, yeah, you don't need 15 minutes. I mean, no. I mean, you and I might, we're 33, <laughs> but like kids, you don't need that long. Yeah. So I just still, so yeah. So this girl was gone and it was probably a little longer than 15, to be honest, maybe like 20, 25. So okay. she's been gone for a while. Yeah. She comes back in and it's not in front of the class. Like I would never ask anyone in front oh, of the okay, whole class and enough. embarrass yeah. them. It's like drama class. The kids are kind of spread out around the room. Mm-hmm. So this girl comes back in the classroom and I was sitting by the door and I was just like, oh, you're gone for about 20 minutes. It's like, was the bathroom in another school? And yeah. then she just like mimed, like taking a tampon out and putting a tampon back in. Ooh. And then was like, lady problems, sorry, or whatever. And like, yeah. I think she was kind of trying to be funny about it, but it was like this, oh, okay, sure. Because <laughs> yeah, of course, I'm like a straight man. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, cool, like whatever. Also, that is like, the most passable excuse for all of her male of course, teachers now. Of course. Right? Oh, yeah. And they know, like, I mean, because I told my girlfriend, my girlfriend's like, well, that doesn't take 20 minutes. And I was like, yeah. I know, but what am I going to say, right? You can't be like, well, I don't think it takes that long. Like, yeah. as a straight man, like, I would be the biggest idiot, like, biggest <laughs> idiot in the world. Like, oh, well, I mean, I'm pretty sure it doesn't take that long. So, I mean, what? Like, what? I have a girlfriend. Yeah, I like, just texted what? her. Yeah, to like, confirm. what really happened in there? Like, so yeah, so it just course. sounds like a big scandal. Yeah, yeah, right? but like so normally, if that happens, you know, the girl might be like, "Oh, like you know, female issues or whatever." But it was just the fact that she actually mimed, <laughs> <Right>. like, <laughs> b- like yanking the tampon out, throwing it in the toilet, and like put like it was just like okay, <laughs> all right. She she was a she, character. I, I it was funny. Like for the record, it, yeah. it made me laugh. It wasn't like I wasn't like what the hell. Like it made me laugh. But it was just yeah. That's you get a you get these. Things that happen every so often where you're like, oh, yeah, right. I, these are teenagers and they're going through a lot of shit right now. Right. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Do you, do you find, um, 
for for all their intelligence, and we have sort of praised teenagers as well for all the awkwardness that's happening. Do you find that they're also very impressionable? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. But yeah. not from me anymore. Like okay. not from teachers. Like yeah. that's that's gone. That's different. Yeah, they're fr- they're impressionable from Instagram and right. And yeah, like that's a good Facebook way to put it. Like so, that's more what they're impressionable by. So yeah. I I, I want to tell you a story. Sure. Uh, of. I guess my recent a recent high school experience where I was asked by my old high school to go back and give them a give these kids a lecture on something in business. Oh, okay. Because there was a business class. Gotcha. And I said, Is that your you do business? Is your that's your <laughs> I, I do business. You do business. Uh, cool. Yeah, I work I work in forestry. That's my oh okay, uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so I was asked to come back, and they said pick any topic you'd like, and I. I, I just remember being that age and being like, these kids are going to be so bored if I give them a, a lecture on logistics. You guys can't marketing. even imagine how many <laughs> trees are out there. It's crazy. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. wanted to make it fun. And I said, okay, uh, I'm going to do this lecture on uh, failure and this idea of you know, doing your absolute best but falling flat on your face or being right, embarrassed. Sure. And the value of that, right? And, right? and how you can handle that. And I sort of had three broad lessons. But the idea, right. the main theme was uh, it's it's better to have tried your best, done all you could, and fail than right. to have not shown up. At sometimes all. very Brene Brownish. Sometimes right? you cut down a tree and it falls on your friend and he dies. Exactly. Sometimes I mean it just. But is you what tried it is. your best. I tried my best. I, t- I said, "Hey, get out of the way, man. I don't know which way this is going to fall." So so I'm trying to give out this life lesson. And uh, I had the kids with me, like I'd spoken for about 40 minutes at this point, and the kids were kind of on board, and they're like, yeah, that's, this makes sense. And I was feeling really good, and I yeah. was thinking, oh, this is how Brene Brown feels when she <laughs> talks. And then this one kid, this little shit, uh, put up his hand, and he's like, I don't think that's true. And I said, sure. okay, well, let's discuss, you know. Big mistake. <laughs> don't let them discuss, Mo. Big mistake. I needed, I needed a, pr- you got a, a pep yeah. talk before I you went into it. needed a pro. When the kid says, I don't believe you, you say, yes, you do. You b- shut up. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, you don't say, I can't say shut up, but you can. You're I probably could. I mean, I have, yeah. no, I have no skin in that game. I could just, yeah, they, yeah, you totally could. So so he says, I, I disagree. I think it's better to have not tried your best and, uh, and failed as opposed to trying your best. Because if you tried your best and failed, then you knew, like, then you know that that was all you had. But if you didn't try your best right. and you fail, at least you have that excuse to fall back on and you feel a little better about yourself. That's literally what he said. And for all the 40 minutes of this very heartfelt and a very personal talk that I'd given them, uh, I could see the crowd turning on me. Sure. Because they were nodding with him. They're and like, they oh, were, yeah, that's a good point, actually. They, I hate trying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's exactly what yeah. was happening. Trying fucking sucks, and, dude. <laughs> and when you're in your 30s and you just had essentially somewhat of a dissertation just unraveled in t- less than a minute by some kid. Right. Uh, you really start panicking. And I was like, okay, I'm oh, losing yeah. the kids here. Yeah, that happens. What do I say? So I gave them... I gave them a very uh, morbid analogy. Oh, that's the way. Turn it to death. Is yeah, that good. So I said that uh, if you're if you're on a boat with your best friend and you're a good swimmer and your friend is not a good swimmer and by no fault of either of you, your friend falls overboard and is drowning and is sinking like a stone. Uh, let's say in either scenario, your friend dies. Would you rather know that you tried your best to try to save your friend? Oh, okay. <laughs> or would you? Just sit on the boat and being like, 
ah, I don't want to risk the embarrassment of not being able to save someone's life. So I'm just going to sit and watch this thing happen. So once I did that and they were they were like, oh, yeah, no, you definitely would regret right. not trying to save your friend. That's when I was like, your friend in this analogy is your hopes and dreams. So, <laughs> so, wow. so I had to turn it's around. Really, really inspirational. It was uh, it was on the spot. I'll admit to that. I did not have that one lined no, up. No, that's but, good. But I, I went dark, and I remember thinking, like, oh, did I go do too dark with that? No, no, no. Dying and- You're good. Yeah. That's, I mean- I did turn it around, though. That's when that kid, like, then he kind of- Yeah, like, you got to turn back. it around. I mean, if shit goes wrong, you can always go life and death. That's always a good way to <laughs> yeah. go. Like, yeah, like, like the kid in his mind was probably thinking about, like, ah, oh, yeah, that essay I was supposed to write. I was supposed right. to be 500 words. I only wrote 300, and I got a C, but, like, that's cool. Yeah, you know, and but you're, and you're like, fun, and you're yeah. like, well, what? Yeah, but what about if your best friend was drowning? And then like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that actually makes sense. <laughs> but that is true. Like, it's funny how, um, you know, so much of teaching. It's the same thing with joke writing. Actually, it's so it's so many analogies. Like that's yeah. how you get kids to understand things. But it is really funny how you can just escalate the analogy. Like, well, what if? But what if someone was dying? Though? Right. You know, well, and then they go, go, whoa, okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, and it goes back to what I was saying. Like, I just feel, and I was guilty of this as well, obviously. Uh, that's why I see it when I uh, when I work with children. But their perspective is so myopic. Yeah, of course. Right? So they're only, sure. they are only thinking about that essay. Or oh, yeah, else, yeah. Or what they're going to look like to their friends. Absolutely. Uh, as opposed to the bigger picture. The only thing for most teenagers it's not obviously not true of every teenager but the only thing that matters to most teenagers is themselves yeah <laughs> yeah i and think like, that's a constant throughout generations for sure I, I yeah some people that never changes and obviously i don't know why i mean um throughout like when we were kids oh i got gotcha. you yeah 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 kids, totally and, yeah, yeah. Uh, totally and i think and and fair enough i mean i think your body is yeah it's like a thunderstorm of things going on and it just feels like everything that happens in your life is the most important thing and the biggest thing yeah. you know and, and no so, one understands even yeah. though everyone who's gone through it Understand. sort of understands yeah exactly <laughs> exactly so that's you're exactly right so it's it's yeah you deal with that all the time and and so that always i try to inform my teaching that way mm -hmm. in that you know you you have to do your best to relate it to them in any way that you can because right. that's the only way that they're really going to connect and especially now that their attention spans are like you know you got 10 minutes maybe yeah and so, and, and th so th that's another thing i wanted to ask you like do you think it was easier for us growing up in the 90s than it would be growing up now for like, sure it just oh my and god it is, i'm so glad i didn't have facebook or right like cyberbullying is wild man. really oh yeah it's horrible yeah all the time yeah yeah it's very brutal. common super common yeah. i think that what i would say is that i think the internet is really good for like i mentioned earlier it's really good for finding your community so if right. you're so if you're like a super introverted person mm -hmm. who is maybe i hesitate to use the term nerdy but that's what i was sure. when i was a kid and know? i would use that in a good way in like a good you're way passionate you're about passionate about something, about something that's maybe or... yeah a little more obscure or whatever you can find a community online that feels the same way that you do and right. we didn't have that when we were growing up you know and especially like if you grew up in a small town yeah you know it was like like for me, it was wrestling. Like I loved wrestling, like, like pro wrestling. Pro wrestling. Yeah. When I was like in getting into high school, like grade, grade like eight to ten, I like loved pro wrestling. Sure. Who was your favorite? 
Uh, well, I always like The Rock okay. and Stone Cold. Yeah, those yeah. are my, you know, and DX. I like all those guys. Yeah, those. <laughs> Sorry are to interject. No, no, no. That's curious. okay. I mean, yeah. The Rock overall was my favorite that guy favorite. ever. Yeah, that's yeah. my guy. Okay. But uh, he, so I, there was one other kid in my high school that loved wrestling as much as me. Sure. And so we became best friends. But like, yeah. I was lucky. I went to a high school that had my graduating classes like four hundred kids. So right. chances are pretty good that one other kid's gonna like wrestling or multiple other kids, whatever. So I was lucky. That was my kind of niche, and I found it. And then same thing with curling. Like then I got into curling when I was in grade eight, and then so yeah, there were a couple kids in my high school that curled. So then I had that sort of thing. But yeah, if you're in a small town, or or if your niche thing is super niche, or yeah. or maybe you're really introverted. I mean, I was extroverted, so I was like, hey, I like wrestling. I'm wearing wrestling shirts all the time. Someone please talk to me about wrestling, you know. <laughs> and then this one kid was like, oh, you like Stone Cold? And I was like, yeah. And then we caught, you know, and then it went from there. Yeah. And so I still do that. I I um. I wear my interests in my graphic tees. Yeah. Just so everyone knows what I'm about. Yeah, this is what I'm about. Come talk to me. Come uh, sleep with me or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. So that's the same. Like, so that's it. And and so I think the internet's very good for that. It's mm-hmm. very good for, you know, you might not find anybody at your school that likes the things that you do or feels the way that you do, but you can find people that feel that way, that maybe don't live here or whatever, but you right. can find your community. The internet's amazing for that, and I do think that allows some kids to have a better high school experience because they can just kind of ignore high school. They can treat high school like I go to class, sure, but that's not where my social life is. My social life is when I get home and yeah. I go online and I play a video game or I go online and I chat about anime or whatever the thing happens to yeah. me. Yeah, and just so many more avenues to explore your identity. Hundred percent, totally, right? and that's exactly what I was getting into with the whole trans thing and all that kind of stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's all. The resources are so much greater for things like that now uh you know yeah if you're growing up you know i mean we grew up in the 90s and the early aughts but if you go back even to the 80s or 70s like and you feel like you're maybe uh a woman trapped in a man's body or vice versa or whatever sure who are you going to talk to about that yeah no one like your parents are probably going to shun you your guidance counselor is going to be like what the fuck are you talking <laughs> yeah, about yeah yeah you know, so now you have these like resources so it's very good for that but the cyberbullying that comes along with it hmm. is maybe not so good. So that's the kind of thing is like, the, you know, they and this is what they talk about a lot when it comes to cyberbullying is like when we were kids, if you had a bully at school or a tormentor or something like that, you could at least leave them at school. Right. You would have this break every day, you go home and you didn't have to think about them. It's like, okay, yeah, my school day sucked. But then I had half the day where I was with my family who loves me. Maybe I had a friend on my street that Mm -hmm. also liked me. Maybe they went to a different school so they didn't even know that I have this reputation or whatever. And then that was all good. But now it's like your bully can torment you all day at school and then when you get home. Yeah. And and so that is, I think, And they can torment you in ways that – we didn't have to deal with in terms totally. of like taking photos of someone, yeah, photoshopping stuff. Oh or, yeah, big time. You know whatever else, like yep. just w- with technology, the things you can and do. just think of how easy it is for rumors to spread. Sure. I mean, when you can Snapchat a hundred people at once, yeah, and say, hey, Mo, uh, yeah, I heard Mo's got a pimple on his dick or whatever it is. <laughs> like, but you know, just stupid, something really uh, stupid like that. But cannot confirm or deny. Insta- <laughs> <laughs> but instead of like one person saying, hey, I heard this about Mo to one other person sure. and then they're relying on that. But like it's never going to reach 100 people. Yeah. Whereas like one person could just be sitting at home and go, ah, Mo pissed me off in cloud. What a nerd. And not even, you didn't even have to piss them off. Maybe you were like, 
you did a uh, there was a everybody in the class had to do a presentation and your presentation was really good. Right. And the teacher was like, wow, Mo gave a great presentation. And then the kid was like, oh, Mo, like what a suck up. I'm going to I'm tonight. I'm bored. OK, I'll just Snapchat all my friends at one time. Hey, it sounds Mo. like you've seen this scenario play out. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not I mean, so I'm a substitute teacher. I'm So I'm not there every day. So I, I don't see it specifically, but I hear about it. And I right. just, yeah, you, you know, it, it's something that's definitely happening. And it's not all the time. Not, it's not to say that, pardon me, like every introverted kid is getting bullied. Like that's right. not what's happening. Sure, sure. But if someone decides to make your life a living hell, it's a lot easier to do it. And it's going to happen on a much larger scale, yeah. I think. Even taking the cyberbullying aside, there seems to be just a lot of pressure on kids in terms of how they communicate online and social media for them has this different etiquette where uh, I was I was listening to I think it was a This American Life podcast, but it was talking to these teens and they were saying how if your friend posts a picture of themselves, you better comment on it or else it's like this yeah. brave insult. And so they have this. It's this big politics thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And you have to keep up with that. So now you're keeping up with your social life in person at school and and then through this avatar online. Totally. Yeah, there's right? no break. Yeah. <laughs> Where we did not have that at yeah. all. It was like Oh yeah, I heard so and so likes me, but then they didn't like my photo. So right. do they actually like me? Yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. Neurosis to the max. I would yeah. not fare well in that environment at that me age. neither i mean I'm... i barely fare well now <laughs> <laughs> with social media oh totally yeah it's a wild it's a wild thing and, and it's it's funny you see it like as an adult like i i don't know how many instagram followers i have it's something like between 1500 and 2000 okay so if i post a, a picture like <clears throat> my most liked photos will get maybe 150 likes yeah because adults don't feel a need to like everything and we didn't grow up in that culture where sure. you're just supposed to like all your friends stuff so yeah i might post like a really nice picture i'm on vacation with my girlfriend gets 150 likes and that's like the max yeah that's your girlfriend getting the likes that's what 100 100 she's way better looking than me but uh kids you'll see like they'll have like 400 followers yeah and they'll get 350 likes so that's like their it's whole... Like, it's the whole thing. It's yeah. like if you follow someone, you got to be liking everything they post. Like wow. it's just like they just go through Instagram. It's just double tap, scroll, double tap, scroll, double tap, scroll. They don't even look at it. It's just... But that is like... It's crazy how you see that. Like students of mine that have that uh, have like the same number of followers as me yeah. will get quadruple, quintuple the number of likes I will get even though we have the same number of followers. Yeah. Because that's the generation of like it's all about the likes yeah that's the whole that's all they want and and i do think like don't get me wrong we're not uh immune no to absolutely that. not of yeah. course a lot of people in our generation myself included like the likes mm -hmm. of course who doesn't like the attention yeah. but it's not i'm not looking through like okay who liked my photo who didn't like my photo oh wow really really <laughs> uh jessica you didn't like my photo i mean this is you love that you love Tofino, I'm taking this picture in Tofino. You didn't like it? Yeah. What the hell? You know, it's like, we don't do that kind of thing. You right. Know? So it's, a, it's yeah, it's a totally different that's, thing. I mean, I mean, that's so bizarre because that's like next level disengagement. You're already sort of disengaged when you're on social media scrolling through stuff and, you know, reading stuff about some people you don't even talk to. Yeah. But then next level engagement of like, you're not even looking at the photos. You just have to get in all the likes. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing. It's a, it's a, 
Yeah, I can't even begin to fathom it. And it makes and that's why it makes so much sense that kids are just glued to their phones all the time because they just they feel they feel more connected to that world, their avatar world than their like regular world. Yeah. Yeah. So when they're doing that, you know what they're not doing? Learning. Well, <laughs> yeah, probably that. Um I was going to say they're not doing the DX crotch chop and, and oh, yelling out suck it to everyone. That's quite a segue. I don't think anybody <laughs> does that anymore, but we did it. I did it too. I was suspended in grade seven. Hell yeah. Because, uh, and I, with a group of other bros and cause we were going around school doing it to each other. Sure. Just being jackasses. Yeah. And, uh, they were just like, what, what are you doing? Like you, you cannot do this. This is highly inappropriate. Suck it. Yeah. Cause you don't even know, right? Like you don't you know. You have no idea. I didn't know. I mean like I knew. That I had it, an idea. I knew that it was a bad thing. Yeah. But the idea of like going up to a girl when I was in grade six and being like, suck it. Like that never, <laughs> like you didn't think in your mind, like, oh, I'm sexually harassing her. Like you didn't think about no, that. You, didn't. You, you knew that it was a bad, you know, that wasn't like a nice thing to do, but you never thought of it like, oh, that's really inappropriate. Yeah. It would be the same thing as like shove it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's basically exactly. It, it's like, yeah, you understand what you're talking about yeah. in the literal sense, but you don't see it as like a literal totally 100 percent. yeah yeah (laughs) it's one of those things i feel like when um whenever the topic you know toxic masculinity comes up and i'm impulsively a little defensive sure and i'm like well you know i was a i was a good kid and uh i like to think i'm a good person and then i remember that oh yeah suspended in grade seven yeah for going around school yelling suck it so you should uh, probably tell people that this is a joke I do because they're going to be like, "Why did he segue into this? That was such a weird transition." I should. Sorry. I no, I, no, I, that's I okay. But I was just like, I was thinking in my mind, I'm like, he just made a segue where he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, and kids aren't on their cell phones. They're probably telling each other, suck it." Like, <laughs> thank you for that. I was going to say hey, I got that, you. that you've actually, uh, and I, I did have this in my notes that you're bringing this back. I'm trying into to bring the it public back. consciousness. Yeah, because I just think it's so funny. Like, e- like it. <laughs> like I'm bringing it back ironically. Yeah, no, like, absolutely. No, it's no, the no, most I'm under, absurd I'm on board thing. Like, yeah. So I have a bit on my album that that you mentioned, uh, most likely to be a comedian, where yeah, like I talk about how that was just like the coolest thing you could do when you're a kid. Like giving someone the finger is like whatever. Who yeah. even cares? You know. But like when we were kids, yeah, there's old movies where people are giving yeah. each other the finger. Well, oh, what is this? Gone with the wind? <laughs> like, give me a break. So yeah, just like each other off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, whatever. That doesn't even mean anything. You know, when we were kids, we yelled the word suck it and chopped our own dick like that was what we did it did it was insane like yeah. that doesn't yeah but and that's it goes to exactly what we were talking about like that makes no sense yeah but we did it we saw it on tv saw it on wrestling we're like oh dx looks pretty cool when yeah. they're doing the like ah, you know <laughs> you're like oh yeah i'm gonna do that too and so you just be like ah, you know and you don't even realize but it was like yeah that was it was a terrible thing terrible like i don't terrible I don't think like it... how many kids got suspended like you yeah like how like i was good thousands was like a... thousands like the the wwf at the time now wwe was never more popular than it was yeah. then. It's not even close now. No. Now they're getting like a quarter of the ratings they got in those years. Yeah. So you think about how many kids were watching that and then, yeah, and then went and suck it to their <laughs> teachers, principals, other kids. Like it was insane. And yeah, like you say, we knew it was like a shove it kind of thing, but you never thought like, yeah. you didn't know, like I didn't know what a, what, uh, like a, what that was when right. I was like, 12 or 11 or you know maybe you had an idea but you didn't really have no you know it's like 
So yeah, it's just so funny. Well, so that's that's, the thing. that's the, why the, I made we that were joke. good students. Like yeah, our, our group I was that, a good kid. Our our group, I mean, good students in terms of like we were polite to our teachers. We did pretty well. Like obviously, we were jackasses from time to time. Sure, as evidenced by going yeah. around yelling "suck it." Yeah, but um, we were not terrible students or like we you know we all came from good families all this other sure, stuff yeah um thankfully and very gratefully but yeah we were like it goes back to being impressionable right we were drawn in by how cool it was as you were saying 100 percent. i mean i had uh <laughs> this is gonna make me sound terrible but i had a please i've, I've done teacher, this a couple times already i had a teacher when i was in grade nine who i really didn't like and um she used to she wasn't a native English speaker. So sometimes she mm. would kind of like trip over her words or she would like spell things wrong. Yeah. And so whenever she did that, her last name was, well, I won't say her last name, but I had written on a manila folder, her last name and then 316. And whenever <laughs> she screwed something up, I would cheer and hold it up at the back of the room. Wow. Yeah. Be wow. like, wow, you screwed another thing up. Good job. And I would hold this manila folder up like a wrestling sign. Wow. Yeah. I was I was a I was a bad kid until when about, she tripped over till about grade 10. the words like, of her second language. Yeah. Just like, yeah, she just What was like, her ancestry? Uh Chinese, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So she would just like, yeah, she would like kind of trip over words or like uh yeah, sometimes she would she would misspell things quite a bit. So what I would do was I would actually write down the words she misspelled on the sign as well. This is diabolical. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really hated her. She was a really bad teacher. Like but I'm not excusing my behavior. Yeah. But she was like a really bad teacher. Yeah. Did she yeah. did she get you in trouble? Like did she Yeah, you she or? got really mad one day. Well, so what happened was uh we had an assignment. So how how she used to work the class was um, you would do – she would assign all of our, like, seat work or whatever, and then, like, every two weeks she would check it. Yeah. So this, so that was her way of, like, yeah, if you want to dick around in class and not do the work, then that's fine. But then in two weeks I'm going to check it, and if you don't have it all done, mm -hmm. then, then you're screwed. Yeah. I was a pretty good student, so <clears throat> even though I was dicking around, I was getting all my work done. Mm-hmm. And how she worked it was you took a, you'd take it all up, and if it was correct the first time, you got 10 out of 10. Okay. So she'd just look at it. She'd go, okay, you got everything done. Your binder check, good, 10 out of 10. If you had to go back to your seat at all, then it was 8 out of 10. And then oh. if you had, and then if you like, and if you had things like fully incomplete, then it get less and less. But it was like if you had things done, but maybe they were done wrong, or you're like missing half of a sheet or whatever, then it was automatically eight. And then it, and then she could go down depending on how bad it was. Yeah. So one time, uh, I had one sheet I hadn't done, and so I just copied it off of another kid who she liked. She did hated me, which I, I can't figure out why. <laughs> she hated me. So he goes up, does the does the binder check. She looks at everything. Everything's good. He gets ten out of ten. Yeah. I go up, exact same. Exact same sheet that he has. Because you copied. Because I copied. Yeah. Same. Exact same down to the number, the letter, everything. Yeah. She told me it was wrong. Nice. And then I got eight out of ten. And I was like, well, I copied it off of him. Oh, okay. So how could you how could you possibly think and she was and you could tell she it because I know this too, like as a teacher and a, and an adult, like when it's almost like you giving your presentation, like when a kid calls you on something mm -hmm. and they're right. 
it's really hard to get out of it. Sure. Because you don't want to admit that they're right because then you're giving up your power. Yeah. So you end up in this weird situation where you can't really admit that they're right. And in her case, like, yeah, she showed like blatant favoritism. Like she probably didn't even look at his sheet. She's just like, oh yeah, whatever. You know, but she doesn't like me. So she looked at every single thing I wrote down and went, oh, this is wrong. Right. And then, yeah. And then for me to call her on it, I mean, I don't envy her. Like I think back to when I did that to her and like if a kid did that to me, I would get super flustered too. Yeah. Like I would be, you know, cause yeah, when a kid throws it back at you, it can be a lot to deal with because they're teenagers, they're buzzsaws. They don't care. Like mm-hmm. whatever. So yeah. So I was just like, you why go- can't you just lie and be like, maybe you copied it wrong. Yeah, you could have, but she was she was flustered immediately. I was like, sure. I copied it off of <laughs> off of Mike, mm. and you you said everything of his was right, yeah. and this is blatant favoritism. And I know that you only looked at mine because you don't like me, right. and you like him. You went all in with it. Oh, then she was like, "Let's go in the <laughs> hall." And so then we went in the hall, and I was like, and then I was like, "I don't want to go in the hall." And she's like, "We need it. Let's take this discussion in the hall." And the whole science wing in my school, it was actually like a wing. It was like a square, and all the science classes were around. The square and she was in the middle of the square so when we go into the hall every science class with their door open can hear me and i'm like this is fucking bullshit wow i'm like you have had it out for me all semester i'm like i get it you don't like me but i'm a good student and i'm getting an a and i deserve this a and i'm like i just didn't do this one thing so i just copied it off of him it's not fair that you give him a 10 you give me an eight whatever and i went ballistic it was like a lot of pent-up hate for her coming out in one thing so she sent me to the principal's office uh, so then I guess like, well, while I was walking down to the office, she called and told the principal not to suspend me. I think cause she didn't want to have to answer for what had happened. Maybe. Mm. I don't know. Cause he, cause I got down there and he was like, well, given what I've heard that you've done, I would normally suspend you for five days. You swore at a teacher. Mm. That's a five day suspension, but the teacher doesn't want you to be suspended. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. So yeah. Interesting. Long story. But that's like the last time that I so she's really the last teacher I ever gave it back to like that. I think yeah. it was like between grade nine and ten, something happened and then I was just cool after that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And you were was, a good student. You maintained that you were Well, a- I was always a good student. <laughs> like that was the thing. I was I was my marks were always good. Right. I was not a good student. Right. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Cause I would yeah. always like I would finish work really early, so then I would just pit, like I would just like get kid other kids off task and I would be and I had no problem like telling teachers or kids off. Sure. So that's a problem. Yeah. I got suspended a lot. These are these are great memories. <laughs> yeah. I want to segue into another memory. Sure, yeah. Um when I was researching you. Okay. Uh, I saw that in 2013 you were named one of Vancouver's most oh, eligible no. bachelors. Oh shit. If only they knew these stories about <laughs> how you treat your teachers. Um, but no, you, that. But that's how did a, you find that? It's. I think it's on your website. No, I I, is it? Oh yes, it is. Yeah, I think it the is. clipping is on your website. As a joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah I should take that. Down. Um, that's serious terrible. credibility though, when you're in the paper. Oh boy. Okay. Well, Would, is your current girlfriend? Is that how you met her? Is, no. Did she no. find this and was like, I gotta no. find this guy? No. 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 Nothing ever happened out of that. So okay, <laughs> here's what. Well, okay, here's what happened, Mo. So yeah. my friend at the time was a reporter for the Vancouver Sun okay. or in no, a province. Sorry, it was in the province. Yeah. So my friend was a reporter for the province and they were doing a piece on Valentine's Day. They were talking about, I think the the piece originally, the way she s- sold it to me or said it to me was like, 
talking about how dating in Vancouver is really hard. Sure. So the idea was it was going to be a two-page spread because I think the Valentine's Day was on the Sunday when the paper would come out. Okay. So they are going to do a two-page spread on how dating in Vancouver is really hard because everybody is either uh, already married or already in a couple or they're just like not great or whatever or they're, uh, you know, they're, they don't have the sexual orientation that you have or whatever, you know, that's right. the whole. So her the way she said was it's going to be a two-page spread and I kind of pitched this idea of like I have a couple friends who she had like there was another friend that was like a musician I was a comedian she's like we're just gonna have like a little sidebar in the paper just saying like hey here are like a couple single guys that are like cool <laughs> you know and could you answer a couple questions so okay. I go sure yeah. no problem okay whatever fine so I do that because I'm like in my Which mind is fun. yeah it's fun it's, yeah. I ask a couple questions who gives a shit fine great so then the paper, I don't know at what point this happened, but, and so also when all this was happening, I was away at curling provincials, which mm. is like, we train our whole year for that. Cause if you, you have to win the provincials to go to the nationals. Okay. So the provincials is huge for us. So you train all year to be a provincial. So I just have like tunnel vision at the time. I'm like, I'm at provincials, but like in between games, I'm like emailing with my friend and whatever. So this lady emails me, and the questionnaire is like quite a bit longer than I expected. So mm -hmm. I was sort of like, okay, I don't really know what's going on here, but whatever. <laughs> so I answer all the questions, and then uh, she sends me an email like right before and is like, oh, by the way, we decided to change it. It's going to be like a most eligible bachelor's thing. <laughs> and I was like, okay. like I. So it was wild. So then it turned into like it was an actual like pullout section of the newspaper. Oh, okay. It was like here are fourteen of Vancouver's most eligible bachelors. Yeah. I'm like I'm not that. <laughs> like at the time I was like a brand new teacher. Yeah. And I was just starting comedy, so like it wasn't like I was great at comedy yet. Like I think this you said 2013, so I was only like three years into comedy. I wasn't very good at comedy. I'm a teacher. I have no money. Like I'm not full of potential. I mean, I'm driving an old Hyundai Sonata. You know, there's like guys in there that are they're like they're like hot businessmen. You know, you can tell they've already been divorced a couple times. Like a couple people yeah. have a couple women have already decided that they were good enough to marry. Yeah. You know, I'm just like some piece of shit in like a in my photo. I'm wearing like a hoodie and a t-shirt, and I'm like, oh hey, like yeah, I do comedy sometimes, and like I make forty thousand dollars a year. Like for sure, like I'm eligible. Come on and talk to me. Uh, so it's super strange and. And then yeah. what I realized was that uh, the readership of the province is all old. Yes. Be so it's like, so I was the most eligible bachelor, but then, so like the day the article came out, I did have like 20 women start following me on Twitter. Nice. Average age, like 45. <sighs> like it was all like older. So I actually, I met- They see the potential. I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but by the time I realized my potential, they're going to be dead. So that's the problem. So- Anyway, yeah, so whatever. So I, there was one girl my age that followed me on Twitter after this was over because nice. they wanted to put your Twitter handle in. It was like, oh, let me follow these guys. Maybe see what yeah, happens. It's good so she like followed me, sent me a message. And so I went on like one date with her and we became friends, but nothing really happened after that. Sure. And then another friend of mine was like, because that's the other thing too is like, I was just newly out of a relationship. So I wasn't really looking for anything at the oh, time. Okay. Like I was, cause yeah, like I said, originally the way that it was pitched that, to me. That's a big clap back to your ex, by the way. Yeah. Like, like it who's was the a, most eligible bachelor <laughs> in the city. Yeah. Come get it. Uh, yeah. You didn't want it and probably neither does anyone else. Um, yeah. But it was just like this weird thing. So, 
Um, so yeah, I was like newly out of a relationship, wasn't expecting that this was going to be like an eligible bachelor thing. So of course, like people see this in the paper and then they think like, oh, this guy wants a girlfriend. And I absolutely did not. Like the wounds were still fresh, whatever. So like I had a a friend of mine be like, oh, like I saw you, I saw you in the paper and like, I've got a friend that's like really nice and like, she'd be really cool or whatever. And so, yeah. So then I ended up like dating her friend for like a little bit, but. It, again, I wasn't really ready for a relationship. So she was just, right. she was super nice and like a really, really awesome girl. And so I was just like, well, I can't like, I can't be in a relationship right now. So I, I yeah. kind of had to end things, but then it's like embarrassing. Cause it's like, I quasi put myself out there, even though I, what, it was which very is, which weird. is like also the stereotypical, uh, criticism of Vancouver men. Sure, that like, we're not available. We're, yeah, even we're not emotionally we say, available. Even when we say we are, even when we're in the newspaper, <laughs> there's a photo it. of me being like, hey, I'm eligible. And then I'm like, ah, but I mean, I'm not really eligible. Yeah. So you lived it. I lived you it. You are so Vancouver. Yeah, now. I was, yeah, I'm a Vancouver piece of shit. <laughs> I'm born in Toronto, but now, but that was what, that was when I you knew. You didn't let that hold you back. That was when I knew that I was, that I was fully van. I've been in Vancouver for ten years at that point. That yeah. was, but that was when I knew I was like, oh, I'm Vancouver now. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you said you have a girlfriend now. Have yes. you uh, before that? Uh, I guess maybe in between the the newspaper stuff, <laughs> did you ever dabble into the dating apps? Yeah, yeah, I dabbled a little bit. I've been did, into dabble. Did it work better? My, gr- than... my girlfriend before this girlfriend, yeah. uh, I met on Tinder. Okay. Yeah. So and we were it together worked better for like than two and a half years. Yeah. We're oh yeah, way better. But though the dating apps weren't really around. Like plenty of fish probably would have been around. Uh, maybe even like OK Cupid when I was when the eligible bachelor thing came out. But Tinder wasn't. Bumble wasn't. So, okay. Yeah. But yeah, I uh, yeah I used the dating apps a little bit uh, when I was single the last couple of times mm-hmm. like yeah i met my one girlfriend on there and then when her and i broke up there was about a year before i started dating my current girlfriend okay but i don't know i'm not they're not really for me i don't really like them they're not I, my whole i do the the only thing i will say i have two rules two yeah. steadfast rules and this if you're listening to this you feel free to use these if you like because i think these are pretty solid rules okay. first rule if anyone if they mention their zodiac in their bio forget it yeah get out of there you don't need you don't need that stuff you don't need you don't need to do, even worse like if they put the emoji of their zodiac sign oh. in there get them out of there you don't need that you don't need that complication in your life yeah uh second thing is and this is maybe more specific like uh male to female so i apologize for being heteronormative sure but uh if the woman has a picture of her with a horse also no good yeah yeah get it out of there actually i agree with you on terrible the one, yeah there's sure. not there's not a single woman who's a horse girl that's stable <laughs> pun intended <laughs> terrible well said well yeah. said and because sometimes too they'll talk about the horse and they're yeah. like tinder by they'll be like oh that's my best friend joey in the picture it's like holy smokes and they're just counting down the days till you start shoveling it yeah it's That's awful. gonna happen. Oh yeah, no, I'm not. <laughs> I don't. I know roll. many of men who's who've been in that situation where I don't roll like that. Yeah. So yeah, so I don't. <clears throat> I couldn't do it. I, it's just too impersonal. Like I, the problem for me is I'm a very like I'm a hopeless romantic. Yeah, me too. So the problem for me, and maybe this is the same for you. I don't know if you use the dating apps as well. I have, but this yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- I don't know if this is a problem for you, but I would get to like I'd have like a really great like texting relationship with a girl, you know, like mm-hmm. you match on Tinder, Bumble, whatever. 
start the conversation. Maybe it moves to text messages. You know, you're really feeling each other. It's great. Like, and some people you just have a really good text chemistry mm-hmm. with. And for whatever reason, you don't have a good real life chemistry with them, which sure. is so weird. But that was my problem is like, you know, I'd text a girl for like one or two days and it's like, oh, she's just checking all the boxes, like funny, great to talk to, good sense of like humor and irony and texting, that kind of thing. Maybe we get into music. They got a good taste in music. All these things I really like. So then in my mind, I'm like, boom, founder, this is it. Like, cause I'm, t- I'm brutal for that. Like one or two days, like, and yeah, oh, yeah. I'm so the same like, way. I get way ahead of myself. Oh, totally. 100%. And that, like, and all we, all you have is like four pictures yeah. and like one day of texting. And you're like, I am marrying this girl. <laughs> Hell yeah. This is unbelievable. She yeah. likes Radiohead. No way. Right. They're like only one of the most popular bands in the world. doesn't mean shit that she likes her, but in your mind, you're like, Especially, yeah, if you're feeling like a little bit low, maybe it's like, you know, you've had a rough couple of weeks, you're feeling a little bit lonely. Sure. You finally connect with someone, you're like, whoa, yes. Mm. <laughs> and then you like go on one date and you're like, oh, well. That was. It's just not there. Yeah. You know? And it's not. All that it's, excitement. And it's maybe not anything against them. You just maybe don't have any chemistry or whatever. And, no, and, that's and, totally fair. And I'm also like, I'm really busy. So a mm. lot of times I would meet these women on tinder or match these with women on tinder or bumble yeah and then like i can't hang out with them for like two weeks or so like it'll be like oh i got a curling tournament then i got comedy and i'm busy and so it's like you're keeping up this text conversation for like it could be two sometimes three when you're on the app two weeks is a long time yeah Yeah. and you're like oh man this is awesome like the 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 conversation's amazing for two weeks and then it's like have you ever had this where you meet, like I've had this happen before where I'll be on a Tinder date and it's like literally the second she walks in the door. I don't know why. It's just like a feeling, you know, sometimes you just, you, you have that, like, like if you're at a party and you see a girl and there's like just an attraction, there's something that draws you to them. I don't know how to explain it, but it's like yeah. just something physical and you're just like, I want to go talk to her. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's an opposite of that. We're like just for some reason, yeah. Because like you built in, up a lot of expectation, totally. In, and then there's just like a vibe, person. like maybe they don't look exactly like their picture, or maybe you don't love their style, or I don't even know. Or just, just have a, a different grace. Yeah, it's just a an aura, you know. Yeah, 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 you're just like, oh, I just. Uh, and then you're like, oh, well, I'm here for the next two hours talking to this girl <laughs> about my life that I'm probably not going to talk to again, and I can't even. And all this is going to come across. Like I'm sure there are women listening to this who are like, "Fuck you." Yeah. And honestly, I can't even imagine being a woman on a dating app. I know it's got to be. Think it, but, it's got to be a hundred times worse. For sure. So don't get me wrong. 100%. I'm not. I would way rather have that than some guy like follow me home. Yeah. And absolutely. Like all you know, like so. Just putting it out there. I'm very aware that <laughs> it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. But yeah. And, and I was just gonna say, obviously. You know, women have that dimension in terms of uh, online dating and, and security and safety. Mm-hmm. But I was just going to say that it does cut both ways. Where I'm sure, uh, for a woman, you know, you texted with a guy for a week or whatever, and sure, you, and then you're just kind of disappointed. I'm sure I've been on that other end of one. Well, I also of think the, too, the like, equation as well. There are way more lovely women in the world than lovely men. Most men suck shit. So it's like, so you probably like, especially if you have a text vibe with a dude, you're probably like, holy shit, this guy might actually be a good guy. Yeah. And then you hang out with him and you're like, oh, well, like maybe he's not a bad guy, but you just don't have that chemistry. And you're like, oh man, I thought this guy was actually going to be cool. Yeah. And you're like, ah, no, turns out he's just another shit, shit pile of a dude. So I, I got a couple of rules as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I have many rules, but these are two that I do uh, rely on. I think it's important to have some like fun slash steady rules yeah the first is uh before meeting someone 
uh, have a phone conversation with them. Oh, okay. Because you do get a better sense of vibe. That's a good call. Yeah, I had a girl one time insist on FaceTiming me before. Oh, we that's a, a little date. much. That's I just I don't bit... FaceTime anyone. So sure, that's why it's a sure. little much for me. I was okay with it, but yeah. that was her rule. She's like, I, I will not go out with you unless you FaceTime me first. Which I again, I yeah, I think there's a little bit of a security safety kind of thing tapped sure. into that. Sure, I sure. I think it's a lot easier to be like. Uh, you know, manipulative or it's, sneaky on text. Than especially when she lands a date with the famous John Cullen. She wants to make sure she's not getting catfished. Don't flatter me, Mo. <laughs> no one knows who I am. No one's ever been on Tinder like, oh, shit, John Cullen. Never happened. The um, the second rule that I have, and it's similar to your Zodiac rule, is if uh, if I come across a profile that's all about traveling. Oh. Traveling photos, fine, because you t- you take more sure. photos when you're traveling. Sure. You look good. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah, absolutely. But if, if you are listing yeah. all the places you've been and all the places you want to be and your partner is like, I want to travel the world with my yeah, partner. Yeah, yeah. Like, all you're doing Terrible. is listing places. Brutal. And I feel like you could never, like, you and I, we probably like to go dine out. We like to go to bars. Yeah. Right? Sure. But if imagine if you had your profile and you're like, here's all the bars that I've been to in the oh. city. Here's all the bars I'm planning to go to yeah. this year. <laughs> like, I just want to meet someone. Just can't wait to get to, to, to a go bar. To go to bars with. Dude, like, okay, I'm going to throw a word at you. Sure. Explore. That is in that is in like and that's male and female. Yeah, it's in like seventy. I love to explore. What the fuck does that even mean? What do you mean you love to explore? Was yeah. it you went on a hike once? Like that piss that word. Like oh, I just love exploring with my friends. Like exploring what? Everybody has hiked somewhere everybody's hiked quarry rock okay that doesn't make you an explorer yeah because on sunday you pack a light lunch and you go on a one kilometer hike that's not exploring (laughs) okay because your ex-boyfriend took you on a boat and you had wine on a boat you're not exploring okay (laughs) that that drives me nuts i the traveling thing is great and it's the explore i love to explore no you don't you don't at all you have a couple pictures of you outside that's all that means it's it's bananas I feel like the people that love to explore also they love to follow. So it's someone else's plan. Of course. And they're and this goes for men and women, but yeah. they uh they're just following someone else. People plan. who actually like being outside and like hiking and like all that stuff, they don't say I like to explore. They yeah. say I like to hike or yeah. I like to be outside. Or backcountry hiking or yeah. camping or whatever. Cuz they're else. not psycho. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm with you on board all on all of that. The other thing too is like I would always try to make my profile like like more fun. Yeah. And um, and it, and if people like didn't get it, that I didn't that really yeah. would drive me up the wall. Too. I like to think that I create certain um, filters. Like you have yeah, to, if you, if you I get like to what think I'm that saying. too. But sometimes, like like you know, on Tinder they added that like my anthem thing. Uh, I, it's I like, never okay. Added, so it's yeah, like a maybe it's like a newer thing, but it's like you can put like a song. A I guess song, it's like yeah. your favorite <clears throat> song in there. What was your song? DX theme. <laughs> no, it was O Canada. Oh, okay, that's pretty. Because that's my anthem. Yeah, yeah. The clever. So that's like a little yeah. But then like sometimes like I like one girl was like, really, O Canada's your favorite song? Oh, she yeah, it. yeah. O Canada's my favorite song. <laughs> yeah, that's why I put it there. Everyone loves that classic jam, O Canada. <laughs> Cruising down the freeway, windows down, blasting the national anthem. Um. I, I gotta let you go soon, but there's there, I'm, sure. I'm skipping through a lot of stuff that I want oh, to get to. Whatever, I talk a lot. It's so all good. No, I've been having a good time. You'll have time. to do a, this. Will have to be a triple episode. Absolutely. No, um, Remember how Titanic came on two videotapes? <laughs> it's like that. Oh uh, yeah, a few two VHSs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, wild. Um, 
the comedy mix recently closed. Yeah, at the end of April, and it's kind of, it's done this before, like when it was when it was yeah. the original Yuck Yucks, mm-hmm. and then it closed and it came back to the comedy mix. Uh, what does this do to Vancouver's comedy scene? Because there, because Vancouver, I think, has a pretty good comedy scene. There's very a of, good. A lot of little spots you can catch very comedy good. every night. Yeah. But this was like with Yuck Yucks. This was like the one or two. Yeah. Big clubs, so right? I'm a Yuck Yucks comedian. I'm signed with Yuck Yucks. Oh, so you're happy. Uh, you're happy. That well, I'm not. Shut ha- it down. I'm not happy. <laughs> I'm not happy that my friends are losing work. Sure. Um, no, it doesn't make me happy. I mean, I think I was. I wasn't being serious. About I know. That. I know. <laughs> but some people might have thought you were, and then I'd be like, yeah. Um, but no, it's. Um, yeah. It. it I, I mean. For from what I hear, anyway, they have plans to reopen it somewhere else. They're Hope- looking for a spot, apparently. Yeah, yeah, hopefully that actually happens. I mean, I think that yeah, we're very lucky in Vancouver. I think the comedy scene here is better than a lot of people really understand. I mm-hmm. think we have, I personally think we have the best comedy scene in Canada. Obviously, I'm mm. biased. Most people would say Toronto, but I I really do think we have the best comedy scene here. We have the per capita, we have the most. Top not, top notch comedians, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, you hear this about Vancouver comedy a lot, but Vancouver stereotypically has very difficult audiences. Uh, that was it, gonna be my next question, uh, and it makes I've heard you very that. good. Why why do you think Vancouver audiences are difficult? Because uh, they could be doing literally anything else. So they're just like, hmm. you better impress me. I could have gone hiking. I could have explored today, <laughs> but I'm inside now. Yeah. No, but honestly, I mean, it's. Uh, I think there's a couple of reasons. I think first of all is that is like getting people to go to anything in Vancouver is very difficult because you're competing with a bunch of free beautiful stuff outside all the time. Yeah. It's like, oh, I could go I you know like I always think of like in the summertime, you know, like uh the show might be at like 8 p.m. It's yeah, so, it's still sunny out. Yeah, so you're like you're asking people to like leave the beach like they've been at the beach all day mm-hmm. and then you're being like, "Hey, but you should come inside to the bottom of this abandoned hotel." <laughs> And listen to some creepy people tell jokes. Funny people. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. some funny, some creepy. But yeah, but that's what I mean is like it's a weird ask. I've and done that move, by the way, going straight from the beach to the comedy see, club. And bless you for that. Uh, but a lot of people not, don't. It's like because comedy won't. club should be sort of a dress up place, right? Yeah. So I felt I mean, kind of like a bum in my, no, no, my flip flops. You're or, fine. You're fine. But, but, uh, but yeah, so I think that's part of it. I think too, we're just like, uh, you know, you kind of alluded to it earlier. For lack of a better word, we're sort of a woke city. Um, and so I think people, uh, people like to be offended here, not like to be offended, but I don't know. Cause I, I it's hard for me because there are, there are comedians in Vancouver and in other scenes who are very lazy. They're very bad at jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they think that it's the content of their jokes that that's why they're doing bad. Like they're right. like the free speech comedians. Like, oh yeah, people aren't laughing because I'm telling the truth. They can't handle hearing. And it's like, <laughs> no, they're not laughing because your jokes suck shit. Yeah. Uh, so that, so I don't want to sound like, like at the risk of sounding like that. I do think there is a sense in Vancouver that uh, people like to be offended on behalf of other people. Right. That's like a thing that people here are very, people here are very aware of all the social issues that are afflicting the globe currently. Mm-hmm. And they are, they want to make sure that you know that they're on the right side of those issues. And for some reason they like, their laughter gets politicized sometimes in that way. Like I think a classic example of that for me anyway is uh, was one of the weirdest moments I've ever had doing comedy. So there's a good friend of mine, uh, Ryan Lachance. He's a comedian yep. in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. He has cerebral, cerebral palsy. He's quadriplegic, so mm. he's in a wheelchair. And uh, <clears throat> he was having his birthday party. I think it was it was a milestone birthday. I want to say it was like his 30th or his 35th. And it was a comedy show. 
And so I was on the show and I have a joke about wheelchair rugby. Yeah. So I was just saying that like, uh, you know, wheelchair rugby is crazy because not only is it like an amazing sport to watch, but it's also the only place in the world where it's perfectly acceptable to cheer for someone falling out of a wheelchair. Sure. And uh, so it was like this. And Ryan loves that joke. Yeah. So it's his birthday. So I told that joke. And there was like a noticeable, like from the stage, you could see people look at Ryan and then Ryan started laughing and then everyone else started laughing. And that seems to be the thing here is like you go to other places, you go to Alberta, you go to the Maritimes, people might, they they might recognize that what you're saying is offensive, but it's not going to color how they laugh. Mm -hmm. They don't think like, oh, there might be someone in a wheelchair in the room so i better not laugh because they might feel bad yeah they just go like well i laugh i don't i don't give a shit that's funny so i'll laugh there's probably not someone in a wheelchair here or if there is like they probably understand this was a joke yeah but for whatever reason uh in vancouver yeah people have that sense of like i'm not gonna laugh because that marginalized someone who may or may not be here i maybe know someone who might be offended by that so i can't yeah, and I, so it's I think a weird it, thing. It comes from a it comes from a very good intent. Yeah, of course. Um, but no, I, I agree, and it's it's what we're seeing in sort of all cosmopolitan culture at this sure, point of, yeah, of being woke, and I, I find it's the the funniest thing to have two straight white guys talk about racism. Of That's course, my favorite. Hell yeah! Thing. Listen, I got a lot of opinions. <laughs> and it's, Check out my other podcast. Yeah, it's all it's, about that. It's, no. And I think there's there's these dialogues to have, and I wonder, I wonder if we've just gone overboard with trying not to offend each other because now you're offending so, like with your laughter because you sure Im, you know impulsively laughed at something. I think it's just like when you like I'm so fascinated by comedy because comedy is you're trying to elicit a response from people that is that solely exists in their subconscious. Yeah. Like no one could tell you why they laughed at something or not. Like if you laugh at something, I go, why'd you laugh? And you go, well, that was funny. Yeah. And if you started to explain why it was funny, that would be the worst thing in the world. I would fall asleep. And that's if you could. Yeah. Some people can't even explain it. They just go, I don't know. That was funny. I I don't know what to tell you. They said it. I thought it was funny. I laughed. Mm -hmm. And so it is weird that I I just, I don't think it's something that people are actively thinking about. Like Mm -hmm. I don't think... Someone, I don't think there's a a big enough filter in your brain where you like hear a joke, you put it through your like woke filter and then you go, ah, no, I better not laugh at that. Yeah. I think that people are coming into the show and they already have this preconceived notion that there's all these marginalized people and you better not talk about them. So then as soon as they hear trigger words, it's like bing, 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 bing. Then, then people go, oh, I, I'm all, I'm I'm out on this. I'm not going to laugh at that. I also think too, like. Vancouver has a lot of very, very good comedians. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the other thing too, is like, you just have to be good in this city, you know? And it's, yeah. it's weird how cities pick up styles. You know, when, when you have enough comedians in, in a city, the style of comedy tends to uh, morph to what audiences seem to like. How so, would you describe our, our style? Jo- like jokes. Yeah. So like in Toronto, it's very performance based. Okay. So you don't necessarily have to have, um, like, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of very good joke writers in Toronto, but mm-hmm. there are a lot of Toronto comedians that it's all about their performance. Interesting. So they, it's, it's very uh, loud. It involves the audience a lot. It's a lot of gestures. It's a lot. And there's maybe not finely constructed jokes in there. It's more of just like, these are my observations. I'm going to throw them in your face. 
you're going to laugh. And people do respond to that a lot in Toronto. Right. And so you do see these Toronto comedians sometimes will come to Vancouver and they don't do very well because Vancouver audiences don't care about that so much. They care about good jokes. Right. And I don't know if that's just because like some of the best Canadian joke writers ever came from here, like Brent mm. Budd and, and even the newer scene where you have people like Charlie Demers and Ivan Decker sure. and people like that who are just like phenomenally on point joke writers that are kind of the torchbearer for the scene. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, like there are obviously Toronto comedians who can come here and do well and whatever, but I do think that that is part of the audience being difficult. Like our comedy scene, for whatever reason, audiences here, they want well-written premise, setup, punchline, setup, punchline, bing, bing. They want their comedy to be well-written, sharp, incisive. I don't know why, but that just happens to be the way the scene is here. Yeah. And so I think that that is, is part of it. I think that that's like informing a lot of of how the audience is reacting. I think it's part of the kind of whatever quote unquote woke thing, but I do think part of it is just they want you to be good at comedy, which is great. I mean, it's a really great place to learn how to do comedy. I feel like I'm going to be watching the audience next time I go to a comedy show. Now, You'll see based it, man. On what you're just you can me. see the physical reaction. Yeah. Like I, yeah. Sometimes people, uh, you know, because I used to like when I used to tell that wheelchair rugby joke just for fun, I would say, hey, it's, uh, you guys been watching the Paralympics? <laughs> Just to see, you yeah. can physically see yeah. people. You can actually see people tense up. That's like the that's joke a, I'm doing. I like. That's I don't a spicy way to start. Totally. That. Yeah. Like I don't think. Like I don't think that joke is offensive. Because yeah. then this, the second part of the joke is I say that like I got way too. Uh, I got way too into that. Like I was like. Yeah, so I cheered for a guy falling out of a wheelchair, and I was a hero. Like, people were high-fiving me, and they are like, hell yeah, Canada, we're beating the U.S., whatever. Right. But then when I tried to do it the next day on the <laughs> right. bus, people were like, whoa, easy. You know, so, like, I don't think at its core that's an offensive joke. Like, that is legitimately true. Like, yeah. wheelchair rugby is a super violent sport, yeah. and dudes oh, yeah. fall out of their wheelchairs all the time. And, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just the same as you'd cheer for a big tackle in football. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Canada guy smashes his wheelchair into a U.S. guy's wheelchair. He goes flying on the floor. Of course, everybody's like, hell yeah. Yeah. It's like it's that bloodthirsty sport thing that you want. So I don't think that joke's inherently offensive, but I loved just starting it with, like, hey, have you guys – because people don't know where you're going to go from there and they're immediately they're just like oh boy he's probably going to say something really, real bad sure and it's so it's fun to watch that yeah um we do have to wrap it up okay i, I hope i'm i don't, hope i'm not cutting you off here. you are what the no i am it's fine um can you tell me about block party and yes. can you tell me how people follow you get a hold of you sure uh, if you're not in the newspaper you know, oh yeah i won't i won't ever well if i'm in the newspaper again things have gone very bad in my current relationship um no but uh yeah so my my current podcast is called blocked party uh it's myself and uh um a writer uh internet personality you could say stefan heck mm -hmm. um a lot of people maybe know him on twitter he's at boring as heck he has like one hundred and ten thousand followers oh, so oh. so yeah so that's a lot nice of people, yeah and he, he got uh, him to rt uh this little yeah little yeah maybe yeah there. i'll uh yeah I'll, i can see i can see what i can do i know the guy i got his phone number so okay, we'll see perfect. but yeah and he also he has a video game stream called the go off kings that uh that people really like but yeah cool. he's a uh, uh, great guy very very funny and uh so we have this podcast where we bring comedians and and other personalities on to talk about times that they were blocked on social media. Oh, nice. Yeah, or that they had to do the blocking. Yeah. So it could be on Instagram, could be on Twitter, whatever. Um, you had Ivan on. I we've saw had it. Ivan on. You've had Fatima had, on, who I had, tried to get on the show. Oh, yeah. Still Fatima's, working on it. Fatima's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So Fatima Dore has been on the show. Uh, yeah, a ton of Vancouver comedians. We just had Miles Anderson on, very funny comedian from Victoria. 
Um, we've had Graham Clark on. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Nice. So uh, it's a it's a lot of uh, who's who of kind of Vancouver comedy. Yeah. And then we also have internet people on the show and stuff too. Cool. Um, and yeah, it's a it's a, it's a blast. People seem to really really enjoy it. It's a fun it's a comedic podcast. We just kind of shoot the shit, talk yeah. about the internet. It's pretty wild. Uh, and then if you want to find me, I'm just on Twitter at Cullen the Comic. Instagram's the same. You can follow, you can check out my website, CullenTheComic.com. I don't really have any like crazy tour things coming up in Vancouver. You're on Spotify though. But I am on Spotify. Yeah. If you want to get my album, I'm on Spotify, Apple Music. The album's called Most Likely to Be a Comedian. And um, yeah, I think that's it. Cool. Yeah. I appreciate you being on here. Oh, this was thank the you for having me. fastest turnaround from invite to getting oh, someone in studio. Well, I and, feel uh, great about that. We're also that. in this very intimate studio. We're not in the yeah, normal one that I'm I in. I like this. I didn't know that there was a bigger one. This is <laughs> this is just great. What a beautiful studio. Thanks so much for having me, Mo. I had a awesome. great time. Thanks awesome. for being here. You bet. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the most likely to be a comedian. He is John Cullen. And I'm Mo Amir telling you that in a city where you can be anything, be colorful. Peace. <laughs>